I know some people's been gone, and um, my in-laws, Amber's mom and dad and Drew, are still up to the lake enjoying lake life right now. But uh, for different reasons, Amber and I came home yesterday evening to be here and attend a funeral. And Kenley said she had to come this morning because she had to wear blue. I got to get to church and wear the blue. So she is wearing blue this morning. And I, and I appreciate an excitement in kids to be here. I say this all the time, and I do it for different reasons, but honestly, uh, kids in church don't bother me. I, I enjoy hearing kids in church. I really do, because it tells me that they're here. And you've heard other people staying here recently. <laughs> Amen. See? See? Um, you've heard other people, and if nothing else, they're a good comic relief. Um, you've heard other people staying in this pulpit recently and said they've been to a, church, a lot of churches where there are no young people or no kids. And folks, this is a blessing. I appreciate it. Turn with me your Bibles to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3, verse 16. I've been wanting to preach on this subject for a while. It just seemed like it never did come about, and I've been battling all morning. Um, I don't know if this is why or what, but there are certain subjects sometimes I preach on in the Bible that it seems like the battle is more intense, and I'll tell you more about that in a minute, but Colossians chapter 16, I mean 30, verse 16, at least some people know their Bibles, they know there's not 16 chapters in Colossians, you got Philippians, Colossians, somebody tell me the next one. We'll learn, our, we'll learn our books of the Bible next. So anyway, do what? First Thessalonians, that's right. Is everybody there? I know it's a little book, kind of hard to find sometimes, just four chapters, but 16 verses in chapter three. I know. All right, Colossians chapter three, verse 16. The Bible says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Whatever he do in word or deed, do giving thanks to God and the Father by him. I wonder how much sometimes we practice those. Husbands, that is fit in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and be not bitter against them. Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. And all the parents said, Amen. Fathers, provoke not your children to anger, lest they be discouraged. Servants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men-pleasers, but in singleness of heart, fearing God. Whatsoever ye do, do it heartily as to the Lord, and not unto men. Knowing that of the Lord he shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for he served the Lord Christ. But he that doeth wrong shall receive for the wrong which he hath done, and there is no respect of persons. Let's pray. Father, we thank you again for your word. God, thank you for your mercy and your grace. Thank you, God, that we love you because you first loved us. Lord, as we sang about this morning, Jesus, it's only because of you that we have victory. It's only because you first loved us that we love you. Lord, help me this morning, I pray, to exalt you. Lord, I pray that I lift you up, and, I, and Lord, this message will draw people to you, not to me, not to anything else, but God to you. You're the only one that can help, Lord. You're the only one that makes a difference in life. 
And we need you this morning. Father, we need your touch on people's hearts. Holy Spirit, I pray that you have your way. Lord, your word is everything we know about you and everything we know about us. Help us to understand it this morning and help me, Holy Spirit, to preach the way you see fit. Use me as you desire. In Jesus, your name we pray. And amen. Now, I want to mention just a couple things here as we get started and, um, and just try to paint a little bit of a picture here. Um, I, I know in my lifetime, I'm 50 years old. There's some here that's older, some younger. Uh, I know in my lifetime, uh, I have seen so many changes throughout our country. Uh, when I was young, when I was uh, some of your all's ages, even up till uh, 13, 14, 15 years old, uh, our parents, a lot of times, my mom, when I was uh, seven or eight or whatever, and most of the time a thorn probably in my parents' side more than anything else, uh, it was get outside and go play. Uh, don't run in and out. And for the most part, the area I lived, thankfully I had some other friends that were close to my age. We didn't have to worry too much about uh, what would happen. I could get out of the road and my mom didn't have to worry too much about it. They didn't have to keep a, a watch on me. And uh, family was normal. Uh, homosexuality wasn't too rampant at that time. It was still had a lid on it for the most part. And certainly in our in our fathers' imaginations and minds, we can never picture or imagine what we have today. It was common for a man and a woman to grow up, boy and girl grow up, to become a man or a woman. They get married before they dwell together. That's biblical. And, and then they have kids, if, if God willing, and, and they have a, a life and let me, let me stop here for a minute. Let me tell you, there's always been problems. There's been problems in marriages. There have been problems in people's lives. That's nothing new, folks. The only difference is that Satan has, now has more tools to work with. He has more avenues to work through. If you remember back, and I don't want to get bogged down here. Uh, I got a whole lot I got to preach. If you remember back uh, not so far ago, uh, marriage uh, was kind of attacked in ways, but then marriage suddenly became a big deal. And it was probably, if memory serves, right about seven or eight years ago, is when our Supreme Court said that homosexuals could marry. Right. Suddenly marriage was a big deal again because it invited sin into people's lives. Right. Marriage is between a natural born man and a natural born woman. I never thought I'd have to say it that way. And you stay that way. <laughs> but today, there's an attack on the family. Church, let me explain something to you real quick and I'm going to try to preach to you some things for just in a minute. And I'm not trying to hurt anybody or make anybody mad. I want to point you to Jesus. I want you to realize this morning that everything we know about marriage comes from right here. Everything we know about life comes from this blessed old book right here. And how we are to conduct ourselves as men and how you conduct yourselves as ladies. And, and, and manliness in this country today is under attack so gratefully, and the home is. You see, you must understand, yes, I believe in church. Yes, I believe you should be in church. Especially if you're a member of this church and you took membership, do you realize you agreed to be here when the doors are open and pay your tithes? You agreed to that. That's in our bylaws. And uh, hopefully I haven't lost some of you already, but um, 
but we, we understand that in our society and in the Bible, the first thing God instituted was the home. The first thing he, got, he put on earth, once he completed creation, once everything was set in order and it still kept in order by him and only him, the next thing he instituted was the home. He gave instructions to Adam and Eve and he told Adam, he said, you tend the garden you, and basically I'm going to summarize it here real quickly. He said, you take care of her and you see to her, her needs are met and she's going to see to you, your needs are met, she's going to help you or you fall short but you are to lead her and protect her. That hasn't changed in 6,000 years. So, now, as I always heard my pastor say, let me preach to you. And I thought, what have you been doing for the last 10 minutes? So verse 16, it said, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Do you know it's amazing to me that in also in Ephesians chapter uh, uh, 5 and 6, it tells us these very same words that it explains to us. And also, he gave that letter to the Ephesian church of instruction to the home, and he said there, singing grace with the in your heart to the Lord, submitting yourselves one to another, and in all these things, he said, give thanks. Let me ask you a question. Number one, does he dwell in you richly with grace? Do you know enough gospel songs that you can sing gospel hymns and songs through in your heart to the Lord throughout the day? When trials come, when temptation comes, when heartache comes, or when blessing comes, can you have enough grace in your heart to the Lord? Are you rich enough in the presence of God to be graceful and sing melodies to the Lord? Or are we too rich in ACDC and Hank Jr.? I dare say most Christians can sing, gospel, or can sing country and rock way more than they can any gospel song that's ever been recorded. According to what that verse I just told you, we should be rich in the presence of God, in the knowledge of God in songs and hymns and spiritual songs. You say, what are the difference in those songs that glorify God? That's the difference. I really can't find a difference in the three, but it says singing psalms. Do you understand the psalms were songs? Can anybody sing any of the psalms but Psalms 23? How rich are you this morning in the word of the Lord? And we wonder sometimes why our emotions get a hold of us and drag us down sometimes. I'm not saying sometimes people don't have genuine problems. They do. I'm not talking about that. But I'm talking day-to-day life. Most of our problems, most of our downward spirals come because we're not reaching the Lord and our emotions get control of us and take too much control. And church, let me tell you, when those times come, get a hold of whatever claw of faith you can dig your fingers into and you grab onto that and you hold on to that because the one thing Satan is trying to destroy is your faith. He told Peter, he said, I have Satan desired to have you that he may shift you as wheat, but I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. In other words, he was saying, Peter, you're going to fall. You're going to fail. But I'm praying that your faith does not fail. And when you get down and troubles come and you don't have questions and answers or we wonder why things work out a certain way and we get all tore up, you've got to dig your claws into some faith and you've got to be rich in the Lord or you will not have anything to dig into. So real quickly, 
Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. How much of the word of God dwells in you? I can't quote all of them word for word, but some of them I try to dig into enough to get a hold of to know what the verse means and say, hey, I may not remember word for word, Satan, but I know what it tells me. Something to get a hold of because this word is what's going to carry you. It's what's going to make the difference. He said teaching and admonishing one another. In other words, encouraging. Can you teach anybody the word of God? And we're getting ready to preach to the husbands and the men here just in a second. We're starting right now. I believe men and, and, and fathers, you should teach your kids what discipline is. You should teach your kids what love is and one of the ways you teach them that is by showing them love and showing your spouse love and respecting and honoring her. Can you teach them about your trade? I hope you can. But how much of the Bible can you teach them? According to what I just work. <laughs> According to what I just read here in the Bible, that's God's command. Can you teach them anything about the Bible? According to what I just read, that's what God expects. Do you understand, men, that God expects us to be leaders by example? He said, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Do you sing with grace in your hearts to the Lord? Do you have grace in life? Do you look at things as the grace of God or do you see it all as trouble, heartache, and pain and aggravation? One of my struggles is, and I may not get past this first, I hope I do. One of my struggles sometimes, I got a few, but one of them is, and my wife will testify to all of that, uh, that when somebody pulls out in front of me and goes real slow or this happened or that's happened, I'll be honest with you, I'm not singing with much grace in my heart to the Lord at that time. I'm really not. If people would just drive like Wayne and I, there'd be no accidents, there'd be no problems. That's how we look at it. But I wonder how other people look at it. And more importantly, I'm talking about you too now, I wonder how God looks at it. I wonder what God thinks when he hears me gripe and quarrel and say you're being a real example to your son, aren't you? I read a thing the other day. If I don't get past this, it's okay. This may be all that God wants me to cover this morning. I read a, I was reading a book and read an illustration this guy gave. I thought it was fabulous. He said that for a pilot, in order to be able to fly a commercial airliner with people on board, he has to take hours and hours and hours of classroom time. Then he has to have hours and hours and hours of flight time before they pass all kinds of tests, do all kinds of things, before they ever turn him loose with a plane full of people. And I mean, he has to take lessons, he has to take classes, and I'm going to add my own to it real quick. You, would you want to go see a doctor who just simply graduated high school and said, I think I know enough about the human body. I've watched enough YouTube and read a couple illustrations. I think I can work on people. They said, we agree with you. Here's your medical license. Take off. Would you want to go see a doctor like that? Would you want to fly on a plane with the pilot to come on the intercom and said, welcome aboard, folks. This is your captain speaking. I've had three hours of flight school and I read two pages out of the manual. We'll have a safe trip today. Sit back and enjoy your ride. We'll be in uh, sunny Florida, hopefully, if we don't wreck. Is that what you'd want to hear when you got on the plane? 
Yes, baby, thank you for helping me. Now, let me put her down on our laps. You and I have something far greater, more important than a plane full of people in somebody's life in our hand as a doctor. You have your kids in your hands. And your kids are depending on you. And a lot of them are going to die and go to hell if we don't give them what God has told us to give them. Do you understand that the rate of people quitting church once they reach their late teens and 20s is astronomical? Like 80%. That's why when I preached to you and Emma here not long ago, not trying to embarrass you or anything, and I set you down, I said, I've preached to these graduates, and if you look around, they have not listened. Where are they at? They're following the statistics. They're falling right in line. Because we're rich in everything else in this life but the Word of God and spiritual songs, hymns and spiritual songs. You say, preacher, all that really doesn't matter. Are you sure about that? Eternal life matters. What if you're the one God's going to use to make a difference in somebody's life somewhere along the line and you don't have enough spirituality about you to blow the fuzz off of a peach and you expect God to use you and think it's okay? Let me try to... (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Verse 17. And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. So let's read these two verses again, then I'm going to hit another point here, then we're we're going to hit some real quick. He said, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. You know where a wisdom, real wisdom, I can't talk this morning. Do you know where real wisdom comes from? It comes from the Bible and Holy Spirit. Teaching and admonishing, in other words, encouraging, lifting up one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. How many of you practice that, men and women? Hmm. Verse 17, whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. According to these two verses right here, that tells me that everything I do should be honoring Jesus and looking to him. Period. How much of our life do we really spend trying to do that? And how much do we, are we selfishly doing things that we think is right? Doing things that we think are okay? Doing what we think is all right? I, I just heard someone testify the other day and I'm not trying to embarrass people or, or pick on any particular person or nothing. But they said, we used to go camping all the time and we said, well, God didn't mind. God don't care. No, God don't care that you go camping every now and then. Praise God, that's what I'm fixing to go do back here in a couple of days. But God does not expect you to go camping or anything else all the time. And use things for an excuse to stay out of church. If I want to stay home as pastor, I can find a reason. They're not hard. What about when you stand for Jesus one day? According to what these two verses I just read, if we do everything for the glory of God, we should be doing more than what we are. How rich are you in in the grace of the Lord? Are you gracious or are you selfish? What example are you being? What kind of example are you presenting to people? To your spouse, to your kids, to friends, to loved ones? 
Let me say this, and I'll try to hit these points real quick. I just, I'm sorry, but I'm just trying to follow the Lord here. Me included, me too, most of the time, the Christian you see here at church is not the Christian we are. You want to know what a real, how, what kind of real Christian I am? You talk to my wife and kids with no strings attached and they'll tell you because they see all there is. My parents can tell you a lot of the Christian that I really am. And guess what I can do to you? The very same thing. The people that live in your life know what kind of Christian you really are. Your employer does as well a lot of times. They see both the positive and the negative. Sometimes work will bring out the best and the worst. <laughs> so, number two. Boy, we're moving fast, aren't we? We're going to now. I want to spend a lot more time on this. We're probably going to hit this again. He says in verse 18, Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as it is fit in the Lord. Listen, so number two, does he dwell on you richly with gratitude? Number one, does he dwell on you richly with grace? This is speaking of Jesus, by the way. Number two, does he dwell on you richly with gratitude? Uh, wives, are you grateful for your husbands? Do you show them gratitude? Let me explain to you real briefly what this verse is saying. And I need to spend about eight weeks on it, but we're going to spend about two minutes, five at best. Basically, here's it in a nutshell. Is in other words, you honor your husband. You respect him. Like you need love, the husband needs respect. In other words, at his bumbling best to be loving and caring to you and to show you affection, don't make fun of him for it. Respect him for it. At his best at trying to do things and get things done or get something accomplished and lead you and guide you, the last thing you want to do is disrespect him for it because he'll shut you off in a heartbeat. And he'll shut down in a second. You'll close his spirit off and then that's why the next verse says, Husbands, love your wives and be not bitter against them. Don't worry, ladies. He, he's, it's, he's next. greatest thing in my life that I need is my wife's respect. Sometimes I've done things to cause her to not respect me. And I had to own it. But because of her love for me, she continues to show that and I try to show her the love in return. The greatest gift wives that you can give your husbands is to learn what respect means and learn to respect your husband. The way you respect him in front of people is how they're going to respect him. If you down him in front of people, I hate to hear women at work sometimes or in whatever group you're in have a contest of how they can down their husbands. I pray none of you do that. I wonder, let's, let's go back to our first two verses. Speaking with grace and psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with grace in your heart to the Lord. Him dwelling on you richly. Does that sound like he's dwelling on you richly? I'm, folks, I'm preaching the Bible. I'm not giving you my opinion. I've heard messages on this where people give you their opinion. I'm not giving my opinion. I'm giving you Bible right now. Giving you my opinion will not help anybody. 
Respect him. If he says this is what we need to do, then you, you honor that. Now, let me, let me give point number two here. Number three, I mean, I'm sorry. Men, does he dwell in you richly with glory for her? I don't mean you glory her more than God. In verse 19, it says, Husbands, love your wives and be not bitter against them. Now, let me stop and explain a little bit to the men here. Do you realize that you are to honor your wife? You're to lift her up as, as the queen of your life, that there's nobody any prettier, there's nobody any nicer, there's no one any better than your wife, there's no one any more loving and caring? Let me ask you a question, men. And ladies, let me pause here for a second. Sometimes he can't tell you how he feels. I don't know. I'm being serious. We are not in touch with our emotions like you all are. I can't do it. I'm brain damaged. And all the women say, Amen. don't blame me, blame God. When you're in the womb and it's decided you're male or female for until you die, not until you think you need to change. I didn't think I'd ever have to preach that. And our brains is connective tissues. This is medical fact I'm giving to you right now. And there's men, and I know you're going to amen this, so don't elbow him or pinch him. He knows it and he needs all the help he can get. He has less connective tissue in his brain connecting both lobes. That is why men do not have the ability to be in our feelings and emotions like women do. We can't do it. There's times my wife will ask me and I'll say, Honey, I don't know. I can't put it into words. Now let me go a little bit deeper. Men don't get nervous. If you want to love your wife, open up to her. Talk to her. Tell her how you feel. You know what your wife wants you to do? She wants you to tell her her fears, your fears. Now, ladies, the reason men struggle with that, and this is something he's not going to tell you, is because we are terrified of losing your respect, of failing, of not providing, of not having the answers, of not being able to put things together, not provide you with the comfort and the security blanket that you need. That scares us. And it scares us like nothing else. Yes, baby, come on with it. And it scares us like no other to tell you how we feel. Because we are afraid of how you're going to react. Now, ladies, let me back up again here real quick. If he opens up and starts telling you things, you better treat that with a cracked egg. Because if you in any way, shape, or form make your husband feel like he is belittle him, childish him, or anything at all, he will close you off and he will take you a long time to get that back. Men, love your wives as Christ loved the church. He was sacrificial. He gave everything he had for the church. And you know what Jesus was? A leader. He led by example. Are you leading your family by example in spiritual things? Can your family count on you when tragedy comes or things happen in your life? You say, family, we're going to get together and pray. When's the last time, man, you've done that with your spouse and your kids? I got a lot more Bible than this to back up what I'm preaching to you right now. I'm just giving you a few verses and it's taken me a lot longer than what I wanted to to even get these done. God expects that from you and I as men. You say, well, I've never read that in the Bible. You've probably never read your Bible very much. Let me go back to the original opening statements. 
does he dwell in you richly? When I think of rich, I think of Donald Trump, <laughs> Bill Gates, Jeff Bezos, I think that's his name, Elon Musk. Those are, the, as far as I know, some of the wealthiest people that walk the face of the earth. They probably got their own airport, much less their own airplane. It's estimated that Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos could be the world's first trillionaire. Let that sink in for a minute. Here we're trying to put beans and taters on the table. That, how rich are you in Christ? Compared to that, how rich are you? As far as I know, Jim Justice is the wealthiest man in the state of West Virginia. He's a multi-billionaire. Compared to that, how rich are you in Jesus? Because that's what the Bible tells us to be. Men, does she look to you as a spiritual leader? Can she? Or is she the spiritual leader? Because if she is, that's backwards. That's reversed. That's not how it's supposed to be. Now ladies, you are to be an example Spiritually, because there are things in, that you can do spiritually that I can't do. That's why we're called help meets and we complete one another. But men, it's time, men in this country, stand up and be a man and not let this world beat you down and make fun of you or belittle you for what a man should be. Do what's right because it's right, because God says it's right. I don't care if it hair lips the Pope or the 6 o'clock news, what they say or anybody else says, but be a man, be a leader and stand up for yourself and be accounted and let people count on you, your spouse and kids like they should and lead you and lead them in spiritual things. Ladies, you do the same. Your kids ought to know they can come to you and mom can pray. I may have a hard day. Things may be wrong, but I can go to mom. My mom will pray for me and make everything all right because she'll get a hold of Jesus. Do your kids know that? Do your kids see you respect your husband? Or do they hear other things? His faults, his flaws, what he does wrong, what he's not getting right. You know one of the reasons I like to preach on this every now and then? And I know some of you that's not married, I hope you still get something out of it because you can still be an example to people. That lady right there wants, to, wants a godly mother. She wants to see you grow as a Christian. It's because I need this every now and then too. I need reminded. I'm no better than you. I struggle with the same things you struggle with. God demands and expects us to live like Christian men and women and spouses. And I'm done with this statement. I haven't preached on this much all year. It's on my mind. At our camping spot up there where we got, we looked a couple of evenings ago, and here went a girl walking by with, I mean, a teeny-weeny bikini. And I just had to turn my head. When I say not much left in imagination, friend, I mean not much. And then right here on this side of us, somebody else moved in a day or two ago and she's got a teeny weeny, eeny bitty teeny bikini on. Who's that bringing attention to? Women? Do you dress? 
for people to look at you and go, ooh, or you'd rest to give glory to God. Men, how about you? Do you dress to bring attention? I mean, uh, nothing against people that works out and pumps iron, you know, all that good stuff. But, do, you know, I see them wear their tank tops and everything, and man, they're walking around strutting and stuff. I said, calm down, Chief, Chief King. You're all right. You ain't bad. <laughs> see them walking around in Walmart, their tank tops on and all that. Just chill out, dude. You ain't all that. We should be giving all the attention to Jesus. I want to look at him and say, son, you keep working. You'll get one of them one of these days. <laughs> you giving attention to Jesus or are you giving it to yourself? Right. Women, don't dress to make men have to turn their head. Men, don't dress to try to impress everybody. I'll be honest with you, most people don't care. I, I got to quit. Father, we thank you again for this time together. Lord, there's so much more I wanted to cover, but God, it's just... Lord, it's a shame that we got to explain it seems like so much anymore of basic things in your word. God, marriage is a wonderful thing. And Lord, we know that it's... Matches, we've always heard it said, are made in heaven, but God so is thunder and lightning. And Lord, if there's one thing that Satan wants to destroy, it's the home. It's the first thing you instituted. It's the first thing you brought into play. And God, I pray this morning for anyone here that for any reason God needs to come, Lord, and talk to you. Maybe there's a father or mother that you've spoken to their hearts, God, because they are not dwelling in you richly. You're not dwelling in them richly, and they know it. Father, I pray that you give them the courage to come to this altar and do business with you. And Lord, we thank you and we praise you. And most God, I pray that you touch their heart, that you convict them. Don't let them have a false sense of security. Oh, oh Lord, I pray that they not have a false sense of, of salvation when deep inside they know there's something wrong. Speak to their hearts. In Jesus, your name we pray. Amen. Amen. As we stand, we get a song. If God has spoken to you in any way, shape, or form this morning, I invite you to come to this altar and do business with Him. How about it this morning? Do you need to come and, and pray and ask God to help you to be rich in Him, to be an example to your kids? Let me challenge you, fathers. How about this evening before it's bedtime, you get your family together and say, we're going to read a few verses from the Bible and we're going to pray. That's humbling, but it's required. And I promise, I promise you won't regret it. Satan will tell you you're goofy. Tell him to blow it out of his ear and take a hike. He's going to burn in hell one day. And you're not. Page